I wanted to just share a, a few words on something that the Lord's been burning on my heart for the last uh, seven years. Um, four years ago today, um, my wife was informed by the doctors to call the family in because I wasn't going to make it. And um, I thank God that that didn't happen at that time. Amen? Amen? And I'm glad to be back here and be able to share what the Lord's done and what he's doing. And the whole message I'm sharing with you is I'm literally living it as I speak it. Um, and you'll understand that when you get the message. Uh, hopefully you'll get it and understand it a little bit. If you have your Bibles, could you turn to Romans chapter 8? We're going to look at verses 1 through 4. That used to be a book that people taught on Sundays, and they called it Sunday School. Some of you might remember those, and, uh, and Sunday School. And so I'm going to give you a little Sunday School, a little preaching, and then just a little praise. Amen? Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 through 4 says, Therefore there is no condemnation, no guilt, verdict, no punishment for those who are in Christ Jesus, who believe in him as personal Lord and Savior. For the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of the new beginning, has set you free from the law of sin and death. For the law could not do, that is, overcome sin and remove its penalty and its power, being weakened by the flesh, man's nature, without Holy Spirit. God did. He sent his own son, the likeness of sinful man, as an offering for him. And he condemned sin in the flesh. He subdued and overcame it in the person of the son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So verse 4 says, So that the righteous and just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not live our ways or our lives in the flesh, guided by worldliness and sinful nature. But we live our lives in the ways of the Spirit. So we're literally guided by His power. So what is a, a setback? A setback, according to the, the Webster Dictionary, uh, is to slow the progress of something to hinder it or to put it off or postpone it. It's to stop, detain, or hinder, but for a time. It's, it's to cause to be slower or to occur more slowly than normal. The example I have and like to share with you is about a, a little boy in India. Amy had mentioned that we had been to India. My wife, beautiful wife Sarah, wave at everybody right there. And she's put up with me for almost 45 years, so she, she should be uh, lifted up. <laughs> uh, this little boy in India, he was, uh, he was 17 years old. But his father had convinced him that he was a complete embarrassment and a failure as, as a Hindu and, and as, as a family member. He knew for a fact that he was a failure in school. Because he was a below an F student. <laughs> he only cared about soccer or kickball. He found himself in a, uh, in a very serious setback. To the point that he was literally in the act of committing suicide. That's a real setback. When you get that far 
that you don't see any reason to live. You're at that point. So a setback, I believe, is only a setup for a comeback. It's to put in machinery, to put something in readiness or adjustment for an operation. A setback is to place someone or something in power or in an office. A setup, I'm sorry. A setup is to, to raise from depression, to elate, to gratify. A setup is to claim oneself to be. A setup is to provide with means of making a living. A setup can also be defined as bringing or restore back to normal health. As I gave the example of the Indian boy, while he was holding the rope to hang himself, he noticed there was a piece of paper on against the wall in the corner of the floor. And so before he had ready to jump off the ledge, off the, he had it wrapped around the, the beams, he decided to take the rope off, well, why not just look at this one piece of paper before he dies? So he feels compelled to do that. So he, he goes to this piece of paper, and he thought, you know, why not read it before I die? And it just happened to be a piece of scripture that was torn off of a Bible, and no one knows how it got there or why it got there. But it was John chapter 10, verse 10. And, and that scripture says, The thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come to give you life and it more abundantly. Amen. He thought to himself, maybe this God of the 300 million gods that they have in India, maybe this God, maybe this life is what I need. So he postponed his self-execution to look this thing up, to look this person up, to look into this, to see if maybe there is a reason to live. He was at the worst time in his life, but he heard God calling him to Jesus. He didn't even know that at that time. I don't know about your salvation or when you came to Christ, but if you, if you can think real clearly back to that time, maybe it's yesterday, last year, or 10 years ago, whatever, you, you can put some circumstances, divine paths, in line with you coming to that place. It didn't just happen. Someone didn't just say, hey, Jesus can save you. It's like, yeah, great, okay, I'm ready to go. No, something happened. And... and it, it can happen in all sorts of ways, but it's the beginning of the Father calling you to his Son. It's, G, Jesus said, no, no man can come to me except the Father enable him. Nobody. So we can't come to Jesus because we want to. Do you understand that? I mean, that's what the Scripture says. Jesus is only allowed for us to experience, know, and understand through God giving us the grace and the faith to believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that God's Word is true and that God's faithful. So a comeback is a return to life or vitality. It's to regain a former favorable condition or position. It's to recover from a 
deficit. Wouldn't that be great? Amen? A financial comeback. A setback is only a setup for a comeback. At that moment, when the boy read the scripture, he didn't become born again. But he started a journey. He started to inquire of this God to see if maybe there is really a life that you can have. And it could be more abundant. Because he had no life at this point in his mind. He had a, a big setback. And yet he had been set up for a divine comeback. And I don't know where you are in your life right now. You might have a big setback. You might be in the setup stage. Or you might have come back. 57 years later, that boy died. In fact, it was last May he died. You see, he had been set up for a divine comeback. That boy, 57 years later, had become one of the most intelligent, intellectual defenders of the faith for Jesus Christ and his kingdom that has ever lived on earth. He was so intelligent that he would go to white Ivy colleges and universities to debate with the greatest professors and, and, and atheists. And he, would, he, he went right before he passed away. He was going to the Middle East to debate with the highest Muslim clerics. And every, I mean, this is a boy who couldn't do school. But see, when God gets into you, something changes. Amen. And all of a sudden, you know, I, I actually went to university. If you would have told my family that before I got saved, they would have said he can't even get through high school, much less university. But God gave me a heart to learn. And like our sister said, my lovely daughter, that, you know, I learned a language in order to reach a person. I didn't even want to learn math, English. I thought English was like, kind of like a dentist. You know, it's something you had to do, but you really didn't want to go and serve that 45 minutes. So God can change anything. This guy's ministry, by the way, was entitled Let Me Think. And his name was Ravi Zachariah. And if you haven't heard any of his messages on YouTube or read any of his books, I highly encourage you to. He's one of the finest defenders of the faith ever. God getting glory many times requires us to have a setback. Setbacks aren't always comfortable. Sometimes they hurt. Sometimes we go with lack. Sometimes we suffer. In fact, Jesus himself set himself up for a comeback. And he did that through Lazarus. Real Christians give to gain. They forgive to be forgiven. They are hated so they can love. It's really confusing, isn't it? (laughs) We are sent messengers of Satan to become more holy. We hunger in order to get fed. 
God's kingdom is not like this world, but it works. <laughs> Amen. It's supernatural. Another person who had a, a slight comeback was the story of Esther. There's a book in the Bible called Esther. And if you feel led to read that book, it'll tell you about this girl who became from, from having step-parents because her parents died to becoming the queen of the known world. Her husband, the king, was over 127 states. And, and that was her husband. And the guy that was her husband's head major in the army was out to kill the Jews. And she had a major setback because she was a Jew. He didn't know it. The king didn't know it. But God used that situation to bring back a mighty comeback, not just for Esther, but for every Jew on earth at that time. How do you know that your setback isn't a setup for a comeback that will change multitudes of people's lives? Those who are chosen of God witness they find themselves in a major setback, but they still keep going. How many have ever been tired of being a Christian? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Amen. It's a job to be a Christian. It's easy to be an atheist. You've got to have more faith than a Christian to be an atheist, but it's easy to be an atheist, right? Lazarus in the Bible was another case of a, a major setback for a setup, for a comeback. You see, Lazarus was the reason Jesus ended up getting killed on the cross. I don't know if you understand everything about Lazarus, but I studied some of the story and the fact that Lazarus being raised from the dead, that's pretty cool. But if you understand the Jewish traditions at the time, if somebody died... They had the, the knowledge and understanding that sometimes people go into comas. Sometimes people's heart gets going so slow they can't detect it. So the Jews at that time, the tradition was they thought that if, if someone isn't reacting as if they're alive, you can give them at least two days. And if their spirit was leaving them, the spirit would still stay around for two days yeah and come back in them so evidently somebody somewhere was in a coma came back after two days and they came and went on this premise after the third day but the fourth day there was no question the person was dead jesus waited till the fourth day to bring lazarus from the grave it was a major setback for his sisters it was a setback for Jesus. He loved Lazarus dearly. But Jesus postponed. He purposely postponed going and healing Lazarus. He postponed raising them from the dead the first day, the second day. His sisters are mourning. They're crying. Their eyes out for days. Jesus is feeling this. Jesus knows all this. But he goes through it and allows it to happen because he demands, actually, the Father demands. The Father demanded from Jesus to get the ultimate glory. Your setback might not be comfortable, 
But let me encourage you, a setback's a setup for a comeback. It might just be for you. It might just be for your family. It might be for your bloodline. It might be for your county, your city, your state. It might be for the world. Robbie Zachariah was an ignorant, unlearned, poor Hindu in a town that no one even recognizes the name of who became the number one, at least in our lifetime, person to defend the faith of Jesus Christ to the point that scholars admired him of all religions because he would bring things out and cause them to think about thoughts they never had before. How did that happen from this little boy? How did God do that? Because God had a big plan for him. God has a big plan for you. And no matter where you're at in life, maybe you've never had a setback. I promise you will. (laughs) That's my prophecy. Not a good one, but if you do it right, it's going to be a great, great future. In order to face our setback, sometimes we have to deal with the stink and the ugliness and the, the hate or the sin or the pride that got us in the mess. Sometimes it has nothing to do with us. Lazarus didn't get sick on purpose. Esther sure didn't have that situation happen to her on purpose. But I want you to know in, in, in both those cases, they both fasted for, for a, a comeback. Lazarus fasted because he couldn't eat. Esther fasted, and she asked all the Jews to fast for three days and three nights. Fasting is a powerful weapon in a spiritual hand. I mean, imagine God changing his mind to to destroy a nation of people that in the future are going to strip his people on a, on, on a flat desert, strapped to leather wet straps, and they're going to strip and cut a, an inch strip at a time away from their body and leave them laying there to die. <laughs> yeah, you've heard of Jonah. Jonah and the whale. Follow the history. They repented, they fasted for three days and nights. The animals fasted. In America, that, that would cause real riots. You tell them, you can't feed my cat for three days and nights, I will kill you. <laughs> but in this country at this time, they listened to their king, who was not a good king. And it was to not a good people. But because they repented of their present sin, God postponed his demise for them and allowed them to live and do harm to his own people. Of course, he's God and I'm not. Amen? A setback's only a setup for a comeback. In Romans chapter 8, if you still have your Bible, Romans chapter 8, I just wanted to skip down to verse 28 through 30. And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan, excuse me, as a plan and purpose. In the next verse 29, it says, And those 
whom he foreknew, he loved and chose beforehand, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son and ultimately share in his complete sanctification. You're here this morning because you're in this plan, by the way, so that Jesus would be the firstborn among many believers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. Here's the calling. That those whom he called, he also justified. He declared free of guilt and of sin. And those whom he justified, he also glorified, raising them to a heavenly dignity. You must be born again to be included in this equation. Those who are listening to me on Facebook. Born again doesn't mean you accepting Jesus. It means God accepting you. And how do you know if you're born again? My notes will be available to those who desire them. But there's a simple way of knowing whether you're born again. But before I say that, I want you to know that I'm not letting my setback tear me up, destroy me, or bring me down. I'm going to believe God that it's a setup for a comeback. It's been about seven years since I broke my back, four years since I was almost died from acute pancreatitis, and now I'm preaching again. This is my beginning of my comeback, and God's going to use me, and I know he is because he's given me a seven-year sabbatical to study and pray and be ready for this and to heal. I will not let my setback shut me up. I will praise Christ for my comeback. I will not let my setback shut me out of God's purpose or plans for my life. I am his child. Therefore, setbacks will become setups for my comebacks and for God's glory. Understand that. The scripture says, all things, all things, God is able to turn all things to my good. Not everybody, but for those of you who love him and seek his appearing. That means it doesn't matter how you got in this setback, who put you in it, what has happened. It's a setup for God to be glorified and for you to be blessed. Amen. If you're born again, you have a sense of freedom. If you're born again, you experience a God-given love for others. If you're born again, it makes your mind and heart turn away from the world. If you're born again, victory where before was defeat. If you're born again, you have a frequent instinctive desire to pray. If you're born again, you have an interest in and turning to God's Word. If you're born again, you have a deep growing sensitivity to sin. If you're born again, you have an attitude of willing obedience to God. And let me add to that, He will give you the power to obey Him. We're not religious. We're Christians. We're people who are empowered by God to live holy lives. We don't try to. We are giving the power to. 
That's a sign of being born again. It's an impulse to witness to others. If you're born again, you're witnessing to others. The greatest, the greatest comeback is going to be when we die on earth or we die on our way up and we're transformed. That's going to be the greatest comeback. You say, well, Pastor, I, I, don't, I don't think I'm going to have a, a, a comeback. Yes, you will. And it will last eternally. Not 88 years, not 50 years, not 10 years. Forever. Father, thank you so much for allowing me to speak to this family of God here in the church and to those online. And we ask, Lord Jesus, that you would help them to understand what I have said. Help them to understand your word and help them to believe. Because it takes faith to believe that a setback is a setup for a comeback. But we know you, Jesus. And we know that you had a major setback. And we're your sons and your daughters. And we are also the inheritors of an awesome comeback. We pray that all things, we pray that we know and understand and believe that all things work together for those who love him. You, Lord God, we praise and thank you in Jesus' name.